0: Thank you so much for being here today, amen. God is, God is good and he is, he is working and uh, we are continuing in our, our summer series, our summer schedule. Last week we talked about knowing God, uh, how to uh, know him, uh, and then today is finding freedom. And then next week is uh, discovering our purpose. And so, um, and I have completely forgot to receive an offering. I want our usher to come. Man, I am going brain dead today. Oh, I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Lord, we ask you to bless this offering. We ask you to move uh, we thank you for your presence that we feel in this place today, and we ask you, God, just to continue to draw us closer to you and use every dollar that is given in this offering, Lord, to further your kingdom and to spread the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you as you give. Uh, we uh, are in the midst of a Bible study um, that uh, we are we are doing. Um, Every Wednesday it's called what's next and I'm excited about it it's uh, it's the idea that every one of us, no matter where we're at, can take another step in our relationship with him and our understanding of him and so uh, the, we are continuing that this past week we had a location study and we met at Rose's um, cafe and we uh, studied the word there on the, on the patio, had a great time, and, um, and so, but this, this week, this Wednesday, we'll be here, uh, but it, the 19th, which is two weeks, or well, week and a half from today, uh, we are going to be at Love Park over off of South Bowie Drive, and so we'll make sure everybody has directions to that, and we're going to be there under the pavilion, Uh, meeting for Bible study at seven o'clock. And so it's just going to be, we're taking what we do here and um, taking it into our community. And uh, just uh, uh, so that people may walk by and realize, hey, there's still people that are dedicating their life to Christ. Amen. And so I want to invite you to join us for that. Our summer schedule uh, next week is Father's Day. And so we're going to be celebrating our dads, and uh, that's going to be a, a good thing, and then in July, we're going to go through small groups, and so this, the next two months, June and July, are kind of a little bit different, but uh, uh, I tell you, the presence of the Lord is here in our worship today, amen, and that's uh, that's a beautiful thing when he responds to us, and so as we get into our Bible study or our lesson today, if you want to take notes, we have provided Everything you need to take notes. We have removed all the excuses that you can take for you not being able to take notes. And we even got pens, maybe a few left. Um, and so if you want to take notes, they're right over there at the giving center. And you can get those and take notes and keep those. Amen. Um, there's a, there was a movie out called Braveheart. And if you've ever seen it, it's talking about the legend of William Wallace in Scotland. And there's this scene of this movie, and, and, and William Wallace is all painted up, and he's riding his horse, his black steed, and he's he's riding back and forth in front of the Scotland army, and it's a bunch of just Scots just standing there, and they got, you know, spears, and, and over across the way, there's this, this massive, uh, well-organized army, and he... He asks them a question. He says, what will you do today? And one of the Scots yells out, we'll run and live. That sounds like a good plan. And as he's riding, he says, uh, William Wallace responds, or the actor playing William Wallace responds. He says, run, and you will live for a while. He makes a statement. He says, and dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell your enemies that they may take your lives, but they'll never take your freedom? And I wish I could do it in that Scottish accent and riding the horse and, 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 and I mean, you watch the movie and you're like, yeah. You know, you feel charged and everything, you know? But, uh, you know, it it was, they they were faced, they were grossly outnumbered, but yet, many times, isn't that the case? This past week, we honored those men that 75 years ago stormed out of boats and onto a beach in Germany, hopeful that they could break the reign of tyranny that was sweeping across that part of the world. And men, many of them boys, 17, 18 years old, charged out of those boats to their death just so that you and I could have freedom here today. And honoring those those boys and those men that, that deed, that, that fought the Battle of, uh, of, of Normandy Beach that day. It's, it's a privilege to stand here today. It's an honor that somebody gave their life so that I could live free. Man, and that, that shouldn't go unnoticed because within us there is an inherent longing to be free, it's a God given thing. We were not meant to live captive. We were not. That's not why we were created. We were not created to be captives. And that's why Jesus made the statement in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He was quoting Isaiah 61. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me. To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so, if you desire to be free, what are we free from? Well, uh, guilt, fear addictions of any kind. Uh, wounds, hurts. You know, a wound can keep you captive for years. Uh, bitterness, anger can hold us captive for years. That's that's the things that we've got to be set free of. And that's, that's what the lord wants to do today he wants to give you open your understanding that that if there is anything in your life that is restricting you if there is anything in your life that you feel that is keeping you bound the lord wants to uh, wants to give you some he wants to equip you i want to equip you today with the scripture of the word of god to show you that you were not meant to be bound you were not meant to live captive to Captive to a thought, captive to an emotion, captive to a device, captive to anything. You were meant to live free. That's why Jesus came, was to set us free. Amen? And so we can, we can have a relationship with Jesus, but yet still be a captive to things from our past. We can still, even though we go to church every time and we we read our Bibles and we pray, if we're not dealing with all the areas of our life, we can still walk every day as a captive. Today, I want want to show you that you were meant to be free. I, I want you to find freedom. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5, Paul, he writes, he says, for though we walk in the flesh, that means that stuff that we're, you know, we're flesh and blood, we're human. So uh, the war that we're waging is not according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We allow him to direct us. And what's interesting in that statement is the word stronghold because it comes from the Greek word akiroma. And that word akiroma in the Greek is a literal translation of this a prisoner locked up by deception a prisoner locked up by deception or in other words living life by some belief that is not true have you ever realized that you've been bound by something that may have been even a figment of your imagination or what you thought was happening but really wasn't happening. You see, the devil, the Satan, our adversary, is a deceiver. And he's very good and he's cunning and he's been practicing this art for a very long time and he's perfected it. And he'll come in and he'll whisper things into your ear and he'll whisper things into your life that are not true. And he's very persistent. Very persistent persistent. You see, if you ignore him today, he'll he's okay with coming back tomorrow. One attribute that he has is patience. He he has that attribute and he'll be very patient to whisper th- deception in your ear until you start believing it. And then when we start believing the deception, He has us, and he can start uh, wrapping the chains of that deception around us, and we can start living as a captive to things that aren't even true. And so uh, it makes me think of the story of Elizabeth Smart, this young 14-year-old girl who was taken hostage or or captive uh, and held for nine months before being discovered, being found. And after they found her, they began to interview her and the police began to realize that during that nine months, there were several opportunities for her to escape. there was one e- there was even one instance where her captive Brian Mitchell and Elizabeth were driving It was Brian and his wife and and Elizabeth were driving in a car just a few months after she uh was taken from her family, driving in a car, and they came up to a roadblock, and a police officer walked up to their window, showed a picture of Elizabeth, and said, have you seen this girl? With the window down, Elizabeth in the back seat, he said, no, we haven't. They let him drive right by. Now, what I don't understand is why in that moment all she had to do was scream out, I am Elizabeth. And that car would have never left. But she didn't. Why? She had been deceived. She was living as a captive because they had deceived her into thinking that if she tried to escape, they would harm her or her family. And so she remained a captive for nine months Missing opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because she believed a lie. And I've known people that I've come across in my life that are doing the same thing spiritually. And they have lived a captive to a vice. They have lived captive to... Fear they have lived captive to a number of things because somewhere along the line they believe the lie that I am who I am and i 'll never change and i don't have the power to 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 change this and i don't have and, and this this idea of freedom is is something that our celebrate recovery talks about talks about you know because there's there's programs out there that, that want to tell you once you're an addict you're always an addict well that's not what my Bible tells me And I understand what they mean by that. I'm not not scoffing at that. I understand that. But my Bible tells me that there is delivering power that is available to us. And so, yes, I understand it may be 20-year addict, but there is the power of the Holy Spirit that is able to break the chains of bondage and break the chains of addiction in our life and set somebody free and it can happen in an instant. Now, they have to learn to walk in that freedom and that's where programs like Celebrate Recovery are so important. It helps people walk in that freedom and understand I can have that freedom every day. It's not just oh I I I got it today and then I return to that life. Amen. And so, but when we and we think about freedom with addictions and we think but I wonder what things we've allowed to hold us captive because the enemy has been very consistent and whispering in our ear that this is the way it's always going to be these are the things you're always going to deal with you just might as well accept it because it's never going to change and we've prayed about it and nothing happened and we've prayed about it and nothing happened and you see i told you Nothing's going to happen. It's always going to be this way. And, we, and we, we, we fought him. No, 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 no. No, the Lord is, is my answer, and we've, we've used, and he's there. See, I told you so. I told you so. Oh, he, yeah, he's not here anymore. He's not listening to you. And over time, it may be years, over time, we start believing the lie. And in that, when we start believing that lie, we start being bound by those things man and so it's that's how the enemy operates and satan deceives us into thinking he has authority over you and that's a that's that's a part of his defense or the, a part of his attack not defense but part of his attack is he begins to deceive us into thinking he has authority over us. But we know that that's not true. Right. And if you don't believe that, I'm here to tell you that's not true. He has no authority over your life. Amen. You have power and we're I'm going to show you why you have power and, and, and the fact that we do have power. And. We have been given authority through the power of Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And this is what I talked about earlier, because today marks the 50th day from the day we celebrate Easter. And so there are two days of Pentecost, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And when you look back through it and how this relates, I'll, I'll reveal that in just a second. On the Old Testament day of Pentecost is when Israel received the law on Mount Sinai. That's the Old Testament day of Pentecost. The feast of Pentecost happened on the day that Israel received the law. On the New Testament day of Pentecost, the church received the spirit of grace in fullness as the Holy Spirit fell on those gathered in Jerusalem in the book of Acts chapter 2. we see that play out in acts 2 1 through 4 it says when the day of pentecost signifying that that day was on the calendar it didn't happen because that's when the holy spirit fell the holy spirit fell on that day of the feast of pentecost because there was two types of first fruits the passover they gave the first fruits of the barley harvest on Pentecost, they gave the first fruits of the wheat harvest. Now, there's a whole Bible study in just that, and it's incredible, but we don't have the time, (laughs) so I have to move on. I would love to dissect that, and we will, but we have to move on. And so, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came Sound, uh, oh, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The day of Pentecost was when the first fruits. The Holy Spirit being poured out on the day of first fruits was not by accident. Because instead of his people offering the first fruits of the land up to God, it was he allowed the first fruits of heaven to be poured out upon man. And so the Passover was his crucifixion and his resurrection for mankind. But, the Pente- but Pentecost was the outpouring of his gift. It was the fulfillment of the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And then Peter stood in, 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 in chapter 2 of, of Acts and because they were wondering what in the world is going on here, the people of Jerusalem that had gathered. And Peter said, this is that. This is what the prophet Joel talked about. This is what he foretold was going to happen in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And, we, and I talked about it earlier. I kind of gave away part of my message. But it. It was a releasing from the veil, the mercy and the grace. You see, the Old Testament was the era of the law. You stole, you got your hand cut off. That was the law. They followed the law by the letter of the law. But when Christ died, we entered into a new dispensation of time. That's why A.D., or B.C., A.D., all that. It was a separation from the crucifixion, his death, burial, and resurrection, because what took place was the law was completed. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the Old Testament, and his death ushered us into the era of grace and mercy. And That's why it's so powerful. And that's why you were not meant to live bound and live a captive because we live in the era of grace and mercy and his power and his spirit flows through our our lives and our land to break the chains and break free everyone that is bound. And so we see that take place. And so what does all this have to do with finding freedom? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Because you'll never experience absolute freedom in your life until you have been filled with his spirit. You'll never experience the fullness of the freedom that he wants for you until you are baptized with what what John the Baptist said with the Holy Ghost and fire. Until that takes place in your life, you you will not experience the the fulfillment and the completion of the freedom that you can have in your life. And so there's five things, there's five areas of your life that you will experience freedom. And I want to go through it. Now, I'm going to use a lot of scripture here for the next few minutes. I'm going to use some scripture and I want you, um, you just jot them down. I'm not going to have time to, to dive into all of them. But The first area of freedom is freedom from condemnation, sin, and death. Romans 8 verses 1 and 2 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, that's a lie of the enemy. That's a deceit of the enemy. He wants to cast condemnation. He wants to whisper in ear, oh, they're looking at you. Oh, they're talking about you. Oh, they're saying, oh. I knew them before Jesus knew them, and I remember them when they were doing this and they were doing that. And we start we start looking around us, thinking, "Oh, who's talking about me?" It doesn't matter who's talking about you. Like, the, <laughs> probably not a good song to reference, but it says, "Let's give them something to talk about," right? <laughs> You know, I want the Lord to do something in my life so powerful that they do have something to talk about, that there's enough of a change in me that people around me will say, hey, something's different about them. And they'll start to talk and they'll start to wonder, you know why? Because if they'll start wondering and they'll start talking, it may be, it may give you an opportunity to tell them, oh, okay, well, if you want to ask or if you're wondering what took place in my life, let me just tell you. And it opens an opportunity for you to say, this is what happened in my life. Amen. And so that's the thing is the enemy comes in and he wants to condemn you, but... Paul was telling them there's no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You are not bound by the law of sin and death. You know why? Because of the crucifixion, his death, burial, and resurrection. What did he do when he rose? He says he went to the lower depths of the earth and he took the keys he took complete authority. Your life is in his hands now. Whether we give it to him or not, he has authority and authorship over your life. Amen. And that's powerful. Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. 1 Corinthians fifteen forty five. I told you I'm gonna give you a lot of scripture. I want you to go home and study these. I want you to go home and read through these. Um, go uh, to understand the context. Uh, read the chapter before or verses before, and read the chapter after or verses after. Um, uh, there's there's a a study habit law out there. I guess it's called the twenty twenty. 20 verses before and 20 verses after give you a, 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 a understanding of the context of an individual verse. So don't just take it by itself. Study what's before it and what's after it so you understand what's being said. Man. And so, and then, uh, oh, where are we at? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 15.45, thus is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Amen. That's what he does. He gives life. We're dead in our sin. We're dead to our sin now that Jesus Christ has come and and, and his spirit is activated in our life. Man, he wants to, and it goes back to him being the vine, and we're the branches. The vine has the life giving source, the life giving power, and we must stay connected to the vine. And then Galatians 5 1 says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. And do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. It's up to you whether you return to the bondage. Isn't it crazy that, I don't know, one of our police officers could give us the statistics about how many prisoners return to prison? Because they can't figure out how to live in the freedom that they have. And so they just, when they get uncomfortable and things don't seem like they're under control, they revert back to what put them in that place in the first place. And we can get in that same habit spiritually. Lord comes into our life and we're baptized with the Spirit, but we can't figure out and we don't surround ourselves with people that can help us walk. And a, and, and a family, a church family, uh, brothers and sisters that can help us walk in that freedom and give us understanding of that freedom. And we get, and things start happening because the enemy's going to come and he's going to tr- try to bring turbulence and turmoil in your life. And when that takes place, people are like, oh, and they panic and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go back to this life. At least I know what's happening over here. He said, don't don't go back to that life. We don't sin. We don't need there, there. There's no return policy here. Once he's set you free, that's why Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. You know why this is important? Because I am not built to walk alone. You are not built to walk this life all by yourself. That's why he calls a sheep, sheep, are not lone animals out there ro- roaming around. Their strength in numbers. We must have a body. That's why it's called the body of Christ. Amen? And All right, the second thing is freedom from the hold of Satan. 1 John 4, 4. Little children, you are from God. Look at somebody and say, you are from God. And have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. We've got to believe that. I know it's simple, and it's something you hear over and over again, but we've got to believe that. Greater is he that is in me than anything I face in life. Amen. And then Romans 6, 12 through 14 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions, Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God, to those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. And this is the key to understand for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Amen. Sin has that's the lie of the enemy. That this temptation's too big, and all I have to do is throw it in your face, and you'll go right back to it. If it was just me, yes, that would be true. But it's not just me. I am empowered by the power of his spirit, and with him, anything is possible. Amen. And so when you have Jesus living on the inside, It helps you to reject those because they're going to come. Amen. They're going to come. Those temptations are going to come. And when he throws it in your face, he says, you don't have to bow down to that anymore. You give you present your life to God and he will empower you to be able to turn away from those temptations. Amen. So sin has no dominion over you. Number three, freedom to be transformed into the image of Christ with evidence of his power love and authority 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 and we all with unveiled face now this is a verse it's hard to get the full understanding of this single verse you need to read like the 15 chapter or 15 verses before it to understand what he's talking about but there's power in this and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the lord what he's talking about, and I'll just give you a brief summary, the unveiled face. Moses, when he came before the Lord, could not come before the Lord and see him face to face. Read Exodus chapter 33. Start there and just start reading, and it'll unlock it all. So when Moses was visiting with the Lord, he'd come down from the mountain, and what'd he do? He was a light bulb, right? He was glowing. And they could not even look at him. When Moses would turn to the people, he had to put a veil over his face so because his face would shine so much. But he's saying, but that was the era of the law. Now the era of grace that we live in, we don't have to come before him with a veiled face. We come before him just as we are with an unveiled face because his power and his glory is able to be experienced in our life. Amen. And that's why he says an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. There's power. Study that. Go back and that's your homework. Go back and study 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and go to chapter 4. And what, and just there's power in that. And then if you get going in that, just jump over to Exodus where Moses had his experience. And it, it is incredible, I promise you. Number four, I've got to move on. Freedom to walk in power and boldness. 2 Timothy seven. for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen. The one I believe in, a, in the world we live in today, the greatest chain that the enemy has is fear. Man, if he can strike you with fear of anything, and fear covers a whole gauntlet of, of, of situations, then he can control you. Amen. We've got to understand that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind or self-control. Romans 8, chapter 15, the first part of that says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Amen. You have not received these things. 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, the two verses before this, the other one we read, But when one comes to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? And then Acts 1 and 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So you have freedom to walk in power and boldness. You you are not... Powerless, you. Are, there is a way, and, and, and we're not meant to be doormats. Amen. We're not meant to be doormats. There's. I read something that Rick Warren put out, and I, I'm going to mess it up. He says there's two. There's two things that we have been deceived about, uh, and one of them is just because we uh, disagree with somebody's lifestyle uh, means we hate them. Well, that's, that's not true. Uh, and the other one was just because we have a different lifestyle means that we can't show compassion to all. And what he was saying was we have the ability, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to have compassion in our convictions. Amen? You can have your personal convictions, what God has placed in your life. What he has detailed in your life, what is important for your salvation, and what you need to get rid of and what you need to refrain from and what you need to, but just because somebody doesn't agree with us, the, the media wants to say, Well, all Christians hate these people because they no, 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 we don't hate them. We don't agree with the sin. We don't we don't agree with the lifestyle, but we can still have compassion. Man, and it's a deceit, it's a deception of the enemy to come in and try to alienate the church. Well, they hate us. Man, that's a whole nother thing. Number five, freedom to walk in love. Romans chapter five, verse five says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now there are all kinds of verses on love about loving one another and being compassionate and all these things and we don't have the time to do that. But what I wanted to do today is I wanted to show you there are five areas where God wants to wants you to be able to walk in the freedom because it's not good enough just to find freedom. We need to learn to walk in freedom. We need to learn to walk in that liberty that he has provided for us. Amen? Amen. Because I can tell you this just from my experience in my life, that there was a time where I wasn't free. I was held captive by uh, all kinds of things. Uh, guilt was one of the things I was held captive by. And, and it followed me, and I, I responded to situations in my life from a mindset of guilty. I was guilty for years. And I, I, I would not hold my head up high. I would not. Uh, I, I struggled in being confident in myself. Not prideful. Just general confidence. Because I was bound by guilt over years I spent following my fleshly desires and passions. And I couldn't, and God was trying to get my attention, I kept, I'm not worthy, and I'm not worthy, and I'm not worthy. I was supposed to do this, but I'm not doing that. That was, I was believing the lie. But it, it came in my life to a point where a decision, I came to a crossroads. Am I going to continue down this road of guilt, or am I going to let Jesus wash me? Am I going to let his blood flow over my life and cleanse me and wash me of all that guilt and all that shame and be able to walk in the newness of life that he wants me to walk in? And I I made that decision, and I'm so glad I made that decision because once I made that decision to allow His Spirit to come into my life and baptize me and fill me, but then also to lead me, direct me, and guide me. It's not just good enough to be Spirit-filled. We must be Spirit-led. Amen. Let's stand. And so today I, I want you to know, and Again, we only take a little bit of time here to, to talk about this, but like we talked about last week, there are three ways to know God. Um, one of them, probably the most important, is this. Get in this book. Read it. Let, let the pages, let the words that are written on the pages of this book begin to operate in your life, and you'll discover how you can live free. Amen. I want us to close in prayer this morning, and I, I want you to ask the Lord this, I, I want, and you can word it however you want to word it, but I want you to ask the Lord this, Lord, if there is anything in my life that is held captive, then Lord, I release it to you right now. I give you complete control. Let's pray. God, right now, we come before you. Every one of us here, Lord, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to you in this place today. And we ask you, Lord, if there is any hidden thing in our life, if there is any part of our life, of our past, of anything that affects us from a day-to-day basis that is still held captive by something. Lord, I, I we give it to you right now. We release it into your hands. We place it at the foot of the cross today, and we ask you, Lord, to help us to find that freedom. God, let your power of your spirit begin to move and flow and operate in our life on a regular basis so that we can not just find freedom, but we can walk in the liberty that you came to set us free with, that we can walk in that newness of life, in that freshness of of your power and of your spirit so that every day we can understand what it feels like to be in your presence and and to dwell with you and you to dwell in us and speak with us and direct us. Lord, I pray this for every single one of us that are here today and those that are not here today and those in this city, in this community that are seeking something more, that are seeking a deeper understanding and a deeper uh, relationship with you. Lord, I pray that they find the freedom that your spirit brings in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for being here. I know it's a little bit different uh, in our services, and we went a little bit long today, but uh, thank you so much for being here, and we're praying blessings in your life, and we're going to grow. We're going to know God. We're going to find freedom. We're going to discover purpose. We're going to change our world. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.